When today's guest renovated a vintage camper van during lockdown, she had no idea that it would ignite a passion for interior design and lead her to a whole new career. Welcome to the Hubcast, brought to you by the Interior Designers Hub, where we help and support interior designers to get trained, get into the industry, and to grow wildly successful businesses. If you want to work in the field you love, create the lifestyle you desire, and make the money you truly deserve, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kate Hatherall. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. So on the podcast today, we've got Kate van der Moulen, who runs a business called Kate VDM Interior Design. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hi. Hi. It's really good to have you here today. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Amazing. So, Kate, tell us a little bit about what you do now. Tell us about your interior design business. Yeah. um, So I run an interior design business from my home. I'm based just outside Stroud in Gloucestershire. And I offer um, a series of packages that are designed to be affordable to, to you know, everybody, um, which include room design schemes, colour consultations and um, home staging. Amazing. And do you do the project management side of things as well or do you focus mostly on design? I primarily focus on the design side of things. Um, I, that's something that I might venture into, you know, as my business grows but at the moment it's I'm enjoying the design and I love the colour consultation and putting the schemes together. Yeah amazing and is interior design something that you've always done or did you have sort of you know a life before interior design? I have had quite a long life before interior design but actually it's something that I've always loved and um, I never for a moment dreamt that I would ever be able to get into it. I can remember um donning a paintbrush and and um, putting up wood chip wallpaper in um, um, family members houses those ones that would be you know brave enough to let me have a go as a teenager um, and, and you know just loved transforming rooms right from from the get-go um, and uh, so I, I um, sort of dabbled a little bit um, when I was in my sort of student years I worked in interior design shops and um, used to um, sort of like I say put put schemes together for my family and help them and advise them um, but because I was never really deemed as an artistic child didn't ever think that that would be a career I could ever follow so I ended up uh, studying advertising and marketing and then had a, a long career in, in working in, in that um, and then I eventually um, decided just um, in the middle of lockdown that actually I you know, I needed to start thinking about doing something new or, or, or doing something as well as my career. I wanted to sort of explore whether or not I could get into interior design again and really didn't think that it would it would be something that I could feasibly do, but just started exploring online courses and found yours. And I was like, actually, this this is real. I could do this. Um, so So that's how I sort of started. 
That's amazing. And um, I, I've, you know, I've heard this um, sort of part of the story so many times from other people as well, that as a child, they weren't particularly arty, um, or perhaps they were more academic or, you know, but that just wasn't something that was thought about or encouraged for them. And I just think it's amazing how you can actually be really creative, but you don't know it until later on in your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I've never been very good at putting pen to paper. But I I've always been able to visualize. So when people said, you're not creative, I would think, well, I, I don't quite feel that that is right. But I couldn't um, argue otherwise, because I couldn't draw, couldn't really paint, but I could see what something could be. Um, and, and as an interior designer, you you lit, you can very often walk into a space and go, oh, this could be amazing, or I could do this or that with it, you know. Absolutely. And I think um, the career that you did then go into, I mean, that sounds to me like it's quite creative as well, marketing, mm. advertising. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I always had that pull. I wanted to be in that creative sphere and wanted to feel like I was a part of it. And they, when, you, when you look at um, advertising and, um, and marketing, you, you can either go down the creative route and become a copywriter or an art director, or you go into the account management side. And again, because of that lack of ability to be able to um, articulate what I could wanted in my head on paper, I ended up down the account management side of things and then had a long career doing that, but always wanted to be in that that creative zone that, and, and see things, you know, come to fruition. Amazing. And do you find that now you've been working in the more creative side, if you like, that your own creativity has developed and that you now see that you're more creative than perhaps you thought you were before? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely do. And I, when I started um, telling people that I was studying to be an interior designer and um, was you know thinking about following that career I had so many people go oh but you'll be so good at that um, so I obviously there was something there but I couldn't see it myself or didn't feel it was there naturally but actually it has um, sort of manifested itself and shown itself and I can see it there and and I can see how studying it has helped me to display my skills in, in, a, in a better way and and sort of teased out a lot of the the creative things that were probably lurking at the bottom of the cupboard. And isn't that amazing as well? Because again, this is something that I've heard other people say, and it's something I experienced myself, that sometimes it takes other people to say to us, oh yeah, you'd be really good at that mm. before you realise that actually, oh yeah, maybe that is something I could do. Yeah, I think so. I think we take our own skills for granted. I When people say, how can you not be good at maths? Um, <laughs> You know, and now I understand why they say that because I, you know, equally would um, walk into a room and under, can't understand why they somebody can't visualize how they can do things. Because, but that's my skill set, and we are all different. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, in recognizing that, and sometimes we think that because we can do something easily, that it's not special. But yeah. absolutely, as you've just said, when you suddenly realise that actually somebody else finds what you find easy really difficult, that's yeah. when you realise that that's kind of your gift or your special skill that you bring to the world. Absolutely, yeah. 
Amazing. So you mentioned then um, in lockdown that that was kind of a turning point for you. So had there been something that led up to that, like a, a, I don't know, maybe like a rumbling feeling inside you that I need to move from advertising and marketing? Or was it like a sudden light bulb moment? What sort of shifted for you? It it was a, quite a slow um, move. I quite For quite a long time, I'd started to think about what could I do outside? I still, I still needed to work uh, and earn, earn an income. But what else could I be doing in my spare time? Some people take up pottery or jewellery making. What could I be doing that would um, give me some sense of satisfaction? And actually, um, prior to lockdown, um, we had a, a few personal things happening at home. And, and um, at one point, my I um, my husband wasn't working and he was on garden leave and couldn't do any work you know, because of this garden. So I thought, actually, he needs a project. <laughs> so I went and bought a caravan. But <laughs> and I, I have no knowledge of caravans. We don't camp in our house. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought this old vintage caravan um, after a bank lit doing sort of half an hour's research um, and, and bought it completely on a whim. And I said to my husband, why don't we do this up as a, as a bit of a fun project? You've got lots of time on your hand, hands and, and then I can do the interior sign. So that we did that and that was quite good fun. Um, and, um, yeah, I've got my little caravan, Flory, that she's still um, sitting on the drive, haven't worked out quite what to do with her. What's her name? Flory. Um, Flory, yeah, <laughs> which is... My my nickname is Flory, so uh, <laughs> that's how she ended up being christened. Um, but I really enjoyed the whole process of researching the the caravans, and um, it's a very small confined space to work in. So you're you're trying to work out how you can maximise it whilst restoring it without in in and making it sort of fit for modern purposes if uh, um, I wasn't going to be a purist and and try and restore it exactly to how it would have looked in the 1970s. So there was a research project looking at that and then obviously looking at the um, interior and the colours that have would have been appropriate but I didn't want to get you know stick to the to the sort of the vivid oranges that, that it, and browns that it would have been covered in, so it was a bit of a process going through. And I just really enjoyed having the autonomy to do it as I wanted. It was entirely my project, and I cheated it, um, or, so I treated it as a, a bit of a um, mini project. So I kept a, uh, you know a record of the costs and what I'd spent um, on it, uh, and I just had great fun doing it. Oh, that sounds uh, amazing! Yeah. What a fun project to get your teeth into. It was. It was really good fun. And, and you know, lots of people and I um, sort of stay in her and, and find her really quite cosy. And the kids have enjoyed having sleepovers. So that, that was where it started. Um, and then after that, um, I just sort of it started to sow the seed. Absolutely. And so once you'd kind of um, been bitten by the bug, as it were, um, what were your next steps then? Did you think right now I need to go and study this or do I need to go and set up a blog or, you know, what were your sort of next steps? I didn't think about it in, for a little while, then went back to my routine job and then gradually kept thinking, right, well, I did that project. What can I do next? And I actually thought I need a bit of mentoring. Um, and I looked at the mentoring I could have had within the business where I worked and I thought that's 
that's well and good, but I don't feel that that's going to be broad enough. I feel like there's something out there and I, I, I need it to be le- um, less constrained than, than corporate um, help that they can give you. Um, so I contacted a friend who'd actually worked in the same industry and at, um, uh, had decided at some point she wanted a career change and she was running a, a mentoring uh, uh, scheme and I w- um, joined her on a course um, and we over a few weeks just sort of teased out what it was that I was lacking or looking for um, and, and very um, quickly it became evident that it was the interior design thing because I just kept coming back to talking about my caravan all the time and how much fun I'd had doing that and and she was really good because she said well what's stopping you so we sort of went through a process of steps and each week I'd go away with a couple of things on the to-do list and the, we, one of them was to find out whether interior design courses were out there for people who you know still needed to work um, and or you know ha- have commitments in other uh, parts of their lives and I didn't really think it was going to come th- to anything but as soon as I started googling it I found all these um, courses out there and and like I say it, it just sort of actually felt like this could be a real possibility and then I stumbled across your, across your course and then there was all the networking um, and all the other different elements that you offer. And I just thought, actually, that is perfect. That's what I want. I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've, I've worked in the same career for so long. I felt like I was maybe slightly institutionalized and therefore it was right. Is this really for me? But by um, joining the Hub Insiders and 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 your your course I just found that I had all the tools and the support and the encouragement and um that that I needed to actually get going absolutely and it's um it's actually a really brave decision isn't it to turn your back on something that you've done for a number of years and to step out into the unknown Mm, oh completely um I I, for, for a long time thought right I'm going to keep working um and then do this on the side um and and keep my job because that was my safety net and I was finding it um increasingly difficult at work I really wasn't um feeling that it was um a good fit for me anymore and just one day just said I can't do this anymore um and I surprised myself and um, was even equally uh, more surprised when my husband went, yeah, okay, I think you need to go. Time's right. So um, I, I resigned um, and I hadn't got a plan at the time <laughs> other than to continue doing my course and finish that. Um, so it was all a bit of a sort of a, a whirlwind really, but I really felt like I needed to sort of cut those ties and make that break otherwise I wasn't going to make that next step. Um, so Absolutely. that was, and I think sometimes um, you almost need to scare yourself a little into yeah. moving forwards. Because yes, you could have stayed in your job and built yeah. up an interiors business along the side, but when you've got to make it work, it gives yeah. you a different sort of momentum, doesn't it? Oh, completely. I I was um, completely at sea very quick you know but then I thought actually no I can do this I know how to run a project and I have had years of experience of project management and then obviously I was doing the course with uh, and, uh, yourself and, and, and going through the steps of completing that I thought I can do this I know how to manage a, um, a program and get things delivered so I just ch- cheated it like that and used all of the skills and experience that I've had um, 
gained over the last few, well, many years, um, and, and just put those into practice and just treated myself as a project, really. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think um, all of those things that you're talking about, you know, are so true. So we have these fears about them, but actually you kind of talked yourself around or soothed yourself into it. Like, come on, I've got these skills. I've got project management experience and a lot of interior design is about project management. I've got a passion for it as well because I've loved doing it. I've loved decorating as a child. I've decorated a caravan. I've got the support of the hub behind me. And so you're absolutely right. Actually, you had everything that you needed in place to be able to move forwards with it. Yeah, absolutely. And and the hub, the hub has been fantastic. Uh, I, it's been so supportive, and just that I think that was the, the the one thing that drew me to to your course above and beyond all of the others because I could see all of these lovely people always chatting and then they're enthusiastic and um, you know when somebody else is feeling low, we pick each other up and it, it's. It was what I needed, um, and and it's it's still carrying me through everything today because we constantly come up against fresh challenges every day, and you know we all have our wobbles and periods of self doubt, and and actually you just dip into the chat, and everybody goes, no, you're you're absolutely fine, keep going. Absolutely. And there's nothing like having that bunch of cheerleaders, you know, that have got your back, that are encouraging you. And also the practical help as well, because we all come across problems in projects that we haven't had before. And having access to the experience of other people um, is really, you know, invaluable. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so you started studying and alongside that, you began setting up your business. So how did you go about getting sort of your first client or so? So I used I, I, a couple of my friends and did a few po- pro bono um, jobs for them um, and that that sort of helped get me going and it's been quite slow um, but that's been fine because it's given me lots of time to find my feet and build my confidence I think I would have dreaded it if somebody would come in and sort of offered me a, a big project right at the beginning so um, it's just been quite a, a steady process and I've you know, once you've done a couple of jobs, it's really good because that helps you to start promoting yourself and talk more confidently. And obviously, you're then um, you've got a couple of clients who can help you and 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 obviously also talk about how it's helped them. And you could just build on that. Amazing. And um, now, obviously, you've got your business, it's up and running, you are where you are at this stage of your journey, there's mm-hmm. still more to do, there's still more to learn, there are more exciting projects out there that are waiting for you to get stuck into. If you look back on sort of how far you've come over the last couple of years, can you really see sort of that progress that you've made in the journey that you've been on? Yeah, it's if I think back to where I was two years ago, I can't quite believe what I've, what I've done. It's, it's less than two years in actual fact. Um, I feel like I, it was another life that I've I've sort of left uh, left behind. But it's it's been really really good because I've learned so much about myself and what skills and experience I've had and how I could tra- easily it was to transition them into um, my new life. Um, and I've co- I'm constantly learning even now and. Uh, I, I almost sort of in my head go, right, this is a, a new first. Every week is a new first. I started writing blogs a few weeks ago. So that those are, that's a new first. And then doing this podcast is a first. 
and all those things I would have never done if I had to continue in my career and, and, and stuck with, with the, the safer option. And do you feel that those challenges um, are helping to give you more confidence or are you just constantly terrified of everything that's coming at you? Oh, I'm always terrified. I, I, I think that's just my natural deposition. But um, no, it, there's such a huge sense of achievement when you've done something for the, you know, whether it be the first or second time. And it just propels you on to try something new. I, I always think that my children have obviously been really good at educating me in many ways. When they were young and they'd pick up a phone and, you know, I was a bit of a technophobe or, or a laptop and you just see them sort of pressing everything and trying everything. And I, I always thought that that was a really good lesson because, you know, you would be very scared to try anything in case you broke it. And actually, it's quite difficult to break a computer. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible, but, you know, I thought it was a really good lesson to look at them. They're fearless and, and that's how they learn. And, and we have to sort of, as we grow older, to remember that, that that's the only way to learn is to try things that are, that take you out of your comfort zone, because otherwise you're never going to really um, make any progress. Absolutely. I love that analogy. And I, it's, it's making me think as well about, you know, when I had kind of, you know, babies and toddlers and, you know, just when they're learning to walk, for example, they just don't give up with it and they fall over more times than they stay standing up, but they yeah. just keep going with it because what they want, you know, what they desire, mm. that's the only way to get there is to keep trying and to keep going yeah. with it. And it really does have parallels with business. We're so afraid of making mistakes and in fact, you have to go out and try new things. Otherwise, you don't know what's out there and what's available for you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I think it makes us better people at the end of the day and, and happier. And if you don't try, you're just going to spend the rest of your life wondering what if. Yeah. And I think that's so important as well. And for anybody you know out there that's listening to this, that's feeling that they want to make a change, but that they're comfortable in their comfort zone and that whilst they're not happy, they're not, you know, desperately, you know, depressed or miserable in what they're doing. But actually, there is a whole other life out there, but it does require you moving outside of that comfort zone and making yourself feel mm. uncomfortable for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the hub has been so 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 good because when I'm having those moments where I'm feeling way out of my depths and uh, I, I'll, I'll have a quick conversation with somebody and you know we're all feeling the same so it, it just it, it, there's a huge you know sense of community and reassurance there absolutely looking back at kind of your time over this journey um do you wish that you'd started it sooner or do you just think it was right place right time for you I, I wish I'd done it sooner, um, but equally, I think, you know, in the years running up to that, there were lots of challenges going on, you know, we, you know, both the pandemic and then, you know, uh, changes within our own family. And I'm not sure that the time would have been right. It, it might have been more difficult. So, uh, um, and I guess I'll never know, but I'm just glad that I've done it now. Amazing. And what advice, if any, would you give to somebody that's kind of sitting on the fence at the moment thinking, shall I, shan't I? What would you say to them? I would say go out there and, and you know, start doing some proper investigation, because actually I think that was the thing, the catalyst for me was 
I thought in my in the back of my head, I thought, oh, it's just a pipe dream. It, it would be lovely, but it's not for me. And and then I did start doing some exploration and and let's say googling and and looking at what was out there. And and things have changed since um, I was in education. The, the opportunities that um, are available to people now are so much broader than they were when I was at school. Um, that that actually. Um, you probably surprise yourself when you do start investigating. Amazing. And I think it's not just about what's out there, but the the ways that you can educate yourself as well. So, I mean, you know, interior design when I was at school, I mean, I don't even know if I'd ever really heard of it as mm. it's certainly not as a career option, um, but also being able to study online and flexibly and being able to submit assignments by talking rather than having to write stuff down, you know, all of those sort of flexible approaches to education that we have now that we didn't have back then. Oh, I completely agree. I think when when they did offer interior design courses probably 30 years ago, don't really want to divulge my age there, but, <laughs> but um, I think you had to be very good at fine art or or something like that and I think it was quite a a niche um, area and and you had to have connections and it wasn't it didn't feel like it was a a very accessible option and obviously as we've gone on it's it's it, it now is an accessible option to study but equally it's more of an accessible option for people to to have their homes in t- um, designed by interiors, interior designers. It, it doesn't now um, mean that you've got to live in a stately home and and have you know endless bucket loads of cash um, and also you know having to keep up with the height of fashion and what have you. It's just uh, not only has it changed from a studying perspective. I think it's and I hope it's changing at the other end for the for clients um, realizing that. It's it's a much more accessible career and um, service that anybody can tap into. I think you're so right about that. And I think, you know, the increase in popularity and particularly as well since the pandemic as well, with so many people being at home and people are realising how important their home environments are. Um, we get people saying quite a lot, oh, you know, there's there's not a lot of work out there or the market's saturated. But actually, there's loads of work out there. And it's about knowing how to market yourself and knowing about how to get the business coming into you. But you're so right. There are lots of people now employ an interior designer, whereas in the past they would have done it all themselves. Yeah. And it, it is becoming much more common, I think. Yeah. And I hope people realise that because I, I still come across people who, if I say I'm an interior designer, um, first of all, it makes me sound like I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> quite elitist, I think, in many ways. And then also they go, oh, it's not for me. And I it's it's very difficult to to then break down those those perceptions that it, that actually it it's for it can be for anybody um the services that i offer you know start at a very reasonable um you know uh, level of of or fee and that's deliberately because i want to be able to reach people um from all walks of life you know we all want to live um in all in some you know somewhere that's nice and that we want to come home and feel happy in 
And there's that education piece as well that forms part of our marketing um, efforts, isn't there, about, you know, informing the clients that actually it's not this elitist, expensive thing. Um, I mean, you know, lots of designers pass on their trade discounts, for example. So for many people, actually, they can save themselves money by hiring an interior designer rather than doing it entirely on their own. So there is that bit about getting that message out there to people for sure. Absolutely. Kate, that's been really interesting hearing about your journey and how you've got to where you are today. Before we finish today, would you mind playing a game of one minute designer this or that? Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this. You've been waiting for it. It's getting better. There are some people that are saying, yeah, OK, I'll do it. And now we've got people that are actually actively looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't know what I'll say if it's spontaneous. but OK, well, well let's see. I'm going to put a minute on the clock. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, here we go. George Clark or Kevin MacLeod? Oh, George. <laughs> symmetrical or asymmetrical? Symmetrical. Brushed chrome or shiny chrome? Oh, mm, that's a hard one. Um, brushed. Carpet or hard flooring? Hard flooring. Victorian or Edwardian? Edwardian. Dining chairs or dining benches? Mm. Benches. Coastal or country? Or country. Coordinated or eclectic? Eclectic. Eclectic. (laughs) Smooth or textured? Textured. Wallpaper or panelling? Wallpaper. Dulux or Volspar? Dulux. Coffee table or footstool? Uh, Footstool. Rug or carpet? rug and there we go that's the timer has gone the time is up kate thank you very much for playing designer this and that with me today (laughs) amazing um so kate if somebody is in your local area and they are looking for an interior designer how how can people get in touch with you uh so they can visit my website i have a website i'm also on uh google so it, it is a bit of a mouthful um but it's kate vdm interior designs um co.uk obviously brilliant so yeah amazing okay well i'm sure that people will be um looking out and um is your little caravan on your instagram it's not on my business one it's on my personal one maybe i should put it up there oh definitely (laughs) put a couple of images on your account i'd love to go over and see what you've done with it and um yeah oh what an amazing project i would love to do something like that how exciting It was good fun. Yeah. Amazing. Kate, thank you so much for giving up your time today to come and speak to us. It's been really interesting to hear your journey. So thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into Hubcast by the Interior Designers Hub. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a screenshot and share it to Facebook, Instagram or your favourite social media channel. Make sure to tag me in at Interior Designers Hub and let me know what you enjoyed about this episode. I reply to each and every comment. I'd also like to offer you an incredible free gift, which is going to show you the exact roadmap that you need to take to become a wildly successful interior designer. It shares our secrets to business success. If you'd like to get your hands on that, head on over to interiordesignershub.co.uk forward slash roadmap right now. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.